The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like failure to launch, <laughs> erasing ourselves, and lust versus love. But first, we want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. No. We are unprofessional, almost unpaid. <laughs> Not to discount the wonderful and generous listeners that support us on Patreon. Yes, and our sponsors. True, yes. But um, I just mean like this is not our full-time gig. Right, yeah. So like I would never say that. I wonder if there's going to come a day in which I say, hi, I'm Sierra. I'm a podcast host first. Mm, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Is it going to get into like my by, my byline? Is that, yeah. is that the word? Byline? Byline I think is like... On a newspaper when like (laughs) the byline is like who wrote it. (laughs) Ah, yes, words. (laughs) Anyway, this proves that we know nothing. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. So please take our advice as you see fit. Welcome to today's episode, Samuel. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming to Yeah, absolutely. You know, what I'm really, you know what I'm really glad about? What? That we stopped counting the episodes. <laughs> yes. Well, it got to a certain number in which uh, you and I just can't keep track. No, we would have to stop literally every time and be like, what episode is it? Well, how about this? Instead of numbers, I'm just going to start assigning them like magical words or colors. I'm okay, like, I'm into it. Yeah. Welcome to welcome to episode purple unicorn. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> Today. Um, okay. So our check-in topic is uh, super cute. It's inspired by someone's DM several weeks ago. Okay, which great. It's been at, on the backlog of things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And that check-in topic uh, is... When you are seeing someone yeah. in the early stages. Like how early? Well, I think, you know, in the first, I don't know, couple months. Okay. To forever. Because <laughs> I, think, I think this question could apply for any time in the relationship, but it's important in the beginning. Sure. Okay. Uh-huh. So let's make believe you're seeing somebody. Mm-hmm. His and- name is Viper. <laughs> He's in a band. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Okay, so your boyfriend, <laughs> Viper, he's in a band. And while he's at band practice, mm-hmm. you're going to go hang out with another one of your friends that you have history with. Mm. And that friend's name is Margot. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Love it. In this version, you're bisexual. I love it. Okay, so you and Margot used to hook up, but you never dated. Okay. And um, the listener's DM question was, do you have to disclose or do you disclose history that you have with friends that you now have friendships with to your new partner? Does that make sense? So Mm -hmm. do you have to tell Viper that you were once boning Margot? Uh, Do I have to? No. Would I? Yes. In In what way would you tell them? Like... I would be like, hey, I'm while you're at band you, practice, please use Viper. The names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go hang out with my friend Margot. And he's like, Who's Margot? I'd be like, Oh, we hooked up a few times, but now we're just friends. Yeah. Because you know what's so funny is like me, the conflict fearing, you know, people pleaser yeah. that I used to be, or I'm still <laughs> trying to shed the skin of. Yeah, that identity that you're recovering. From. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't want to tell them because A, I'm probably ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. B, yeah. I wouldn't want to make them feel insecure because there's nothing going on. Right. So I would I would be avoidant of any potential reaction. Yeah. But the reality is if my partner had a react like a negative reaction to that. I would be like, what the fuck? Like, we're just friends. Yeah. You know, like, please, yep. why don't you trust me? I This version of me is trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I'm calling myself out because my initial reaction is like, no, you you don't have to tell them. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to. Would I recommend it? Yes. Because like hiding things like that just make them into things, Right, like if it's not a thing, if it's like we hooked yeah. up, but like I'm really not gonna, I'm not gonna hook up with this person. Yeah, then like be upfront and honest about it, so that if it comes up later, it's not like you've been hiding it at any point. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to like <clears throat> jump on board with you, even though I know you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hesitant because I think a lot of my past I'm ashamed of, and I just don't want to fucking deal. Yeah, you know, I mean that's just the most lazy transparent thing that I can say is that like I don't that I want to a lot of my past especially like romantic or sexual choices I Mm -hmm. made like give me anxiety and I don't like to think about it so I want to avoid it but you're totally right Mm -hmm. that um it shouldn't be a thing that you're you disempower it if you talk about it you know yeah and your partner if you have a healthy, happy, safe relationship, your partner should be fine with that. And even if they're a little insecure, then you can prove to them through, you know, being trustworthy. Mm-hmm. They have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Uh, I feel like there's probably also like a gender aspect at play here in that like it's not as frowned upon for men to have had multiple sexual partners. And yeah. especially like... Uh, in my experience, gay men too. Like gay men all sleep with their friends. Yeah, so like, and that's like a thing. So yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, if I wasn't allowed to be friends with people that I've slept with, then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a lot of friends. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I Which is know. like not really true of my experience, but there, like there are friends that I have slept with that right. I couldn't like not be friends with. Like if I had to say, there was a time in my life where if I had to be like, I'm not allowed to be friends with anyone that I've slept with before, then I wouldn't have had very many friends. Yeah, no, uh, me too, <laughs> honestly. Um, or like at least when I was younger, I felt like my dating pool was very incestual yeah. in my friend group. Yeah, you know? for sure. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like I, I agree with you like holistically that mm-hmm. that's what it should be. But um there's a part of me that really wants to be able to evolve past my past. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes that's a little hard for me. Yeah. I mean, I get it. But it's also like if you are if you are in that early stages and you haven't even done anything wrong yet. Right. Like, totally. And you're already afraid to be honest and truthful about totally. something. Then like, how is that setting you up for like a good, honest, quality relationship? And that's the fucking truth right there because... I have been really learning over the past couple of years of doing some really deep restorative head and heart work to to where I not only um I not only treat the people I date better but I'm just a healthier kinder person to myself, yep. you know. 
anyway, so in those years, I've been thinking so much about um, how change really happens in very small intentional dis- like actions. Yep. And that if I want, if I am trustworthy. Um, and I know that nothing is going on here. I know that I can prove that through very small actions instead of doing these big grandiose gestures to quote unquote, make up for what a quote, not bad person I am, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like that it can be much simpler than that. Yeah. I mean, again, you don't owe anybody anything, but like in terms of your, (laughs) Sierra just took a bite of pizza and it fell entirely in her lap. (laughs) Technically it fell back onto the pizza. <laughs> this is why you shouldn't trust us or take our advice. <laughs> I love um, that the last like four episodes are different things that Sierra yeah, is right. eating. <laughs> At least it's not a hard boiled egg this time. It was delicious. But let me tell you those eight miles I ran after that hard boiled egg. Terrible decision. Yeah. Were you like burping up egg? Like no, I could just imagine I, you running and be like, Boop, and then like the smell in your nose. Oh my God, you are, you just turned into like the the eighth grade boy who's like, oh my God, the hallway smells bad. You know, like, yeah. you know. What does that, what know. makes you think that's not me in general? <laughs> oh my God, total segue, y'all. I saw a picture of Sam last weekend on his sister's fridge. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you, it was eighth grade, right? I think so. Wow. You looked like a little gem of a child of a little homo. <laughs> I was. You was so cute. You little pretty long eyelashes. Okay. Um, anyways, so people in new, I would say new relationships, you don't have to tell them right yeah. away. You don't have to tell them ever. Like if you really think, oh, also another thing is like, if this happened like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, like why does it, if it's, if it's. I don't know. Part of me is like, if it's never going to come up and it's not a thing, why divulge that to practice honesty? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's yeah, pretty much and it. That also, I mean, but like if you like hooked up when you were in your 20s and now you're like 40 years old, like, I don't know that you need to disclose that. But if you have been hooking up recently with someone, I would say disclose it and like be honest mm-hmm. about it. Prove yeah, that you are like trustworthy and it, you can be trusted. Yeah. And it's about authenticity. It's about saying, this is who I am. I'm not ashamed of who I am. And I'm not going to be apologetic about something I don't need to apologize for. Exactly. And that's the muscle I need to really exercise yeah. is yep. like, it's not that I'm an untrusty person, untrustworthy person right now. It's that my authenticity needs to be strengthened to the point where, like, I don't feel like I constantly have to apologize for something that's not real, you know? Exactly, yeah. And, like, I mean, I'm a Gemini, so, like, I lie all the time because it's just easier than telling the truth. Oh, my God. (laughs) Listen, our job, Sam, is to make Geminis more likable. But in this instance, like... (laughs) Also me, too. (laughs) It's, like, yeah, like, reacting to someone being like, I don't have anything to be ashamed about. Like, I am a trustworthy person. I'm not going to hook up with this person. I'm just going to be honest with yeah. that. If it comes out in two months that you found out that this person and I were, like, hooking up three months ago, like, then it's not, like, a big scandal thing. Yeah. And it's like, no, I, I'm going to be honest and trustworthy because my intention is not to do anything wrong with this person. Yeah. I definitely think that should be done if it if it feels like it should be done, you should probably do it, right? Like if, if you're a little... <laughs> yeah, if, if you're like... Little, yeah, if you're wincing at the thought of it, then yeah. you should probably do it. If you're like, this is so not a thing... Yeah. Then, then maybe no. just don't. Yeah. yeah. But like err on the side of honesty with people, right? Because like, it's about practice. That's it what is. I keep yep. thinking about. It. It's like it's such a, the tiny intentional practice of saying, this is who I am and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. And even if it was like 20 years ago, even just being like, oh, that's my friend. Like we used to hook up, but like we've been friends for 20 years or whatever. Right. Like just practice talking about things without shame and, and without <laughs> guilt about Honestly, them. Honestly, dude, it makes me think about like the letter that we answered several months ago about trust Mm -hmm. and how we both came to the conclusion that it's so much easier to trust someone who's actually trustworthy. (laughs) Right. right? And so in this conversation, I'm thinking about my girlfriend who like, it's so easy to tell her these things that used to spike paranoia in my past partners who were much more manipulative or gaslighting Mm -hmm. or, or fucking, I don't know, dramatic and in, you know, unstable. (laughs) Whereas, like, I tell my girlfriend about things that I might have been literally physically afraid to tell my past partners, Mm -hmm. and she's just so 
understanding. She said, of course, you know, everybody has a history. Yeah. You know? And so, like, being honest about this stuff is also a good indication of whether or not that person yeah, it's is like going to, like, test. yeah, is going to shame you for totally. your past. Or if you're going to be like, I suck up this one. Like, oh, cool. Have fun. Yeah. She, she really has taught me so much about, like, how a lot of the treatment I received in the past I, I thought was more normal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also don't want to say that, like, the reaction of your partner should always be like, oh, cool, have fun. But if that's you not could, ever it, yeah. But if it leads to a conversation of being like, oh, that makes me a little uncomfortable or, like, whatever, mm-hmm. then at least you can, like, engage in the mm-hmm. conversation about it. As I opposed totally to being agree. like, I'm going to hide this thing and then you're going to find out about it and then we're going to have a big fight. And a it's big thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, with Viper. Yeah. <laughs> which Viper if, and Margot. Which, if you guys don't remember... Viper was the name Sam wished he was wished he was named when he was little. Yes, still do to be honest. I know, but if but if this show was hosted by Sierra and Viper, <laughs> nobody would listen to it because they would think it would be about like some hippie bullshit. It would be so good. It would be about our band and our convertible that we drive. Ooh, yeah. would you play the bass or would you be the singer? I would for sure play the bass, and I would have long hair and ripped up jeans. Let me just tell you guys: in this picture I saw on his sister's fridge. Sam had the most dramatic bangs. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't just like a haircut. They were bangs. Yeah. Well, I had to cover this massive forehead somehow. But you grew into it. It's so beautiful now. Yeah. I mean, I've embraced it. I don't know if I'm I don't like, even think it's a big forehead. I think it's perfectly proportioned. Oh. All it's right. It's not. It's a huge forehead. Moving on. Let's get into some letters. <laughs> All right. Our first letter comes from B, who is writing from New Jersey. Dear Sam and Sierra, before I get into it, I want to thank you guys for the really important work you're doing with this podcast. It's helping so many people and it's definitely helping me too. Just hearing that other people are struggling with some of the same things I am or have in the past makes me feel a little less alone and the loving support you give the people who write in makes me hopeful that there are good people in this world, even if I haven't met them yet or in person. Hypothetically, yes. (laughs) (laughs) We are still Geminis. Anyway... On to the reason why I'm writing you today. I'm a female in my late 20s, and I've been single for a really long time, like five years worth of a long time. I know it's all right to be single, and I've done a lot of mental work to get to accepting that as the truth, even if I didn't feel that way for a while. But I'd still like to meet someone and have a family at some point, and I'm starting to get older, so I guess I'm getting worried. My last relationship was really painful and borderline emotionally abusive, so I have a hard time opening up and trusting men. Add to that the fact that I am an artist trying to get a business up and running. Hey. So I don't have much of an income or really any, if we're being honest. And I live with my parents right now to save money. I know this country, the U.S., seems to have an obsession with kids moving out and being independent as soon as possible. So I feel kind of weird about the fact that I still live at home. And when my friends ask me for an update on my dating life, I just shrug and say I'm not looking to be in a relationship right now. My question is this. Should I keep putting off dating or meeting anyone until I feel more independent and confident as I have already been doing for the past couple years? Or am I just using this as an excuse to keep from having to be vulnerable since I've been hurt so badly in the past? I don't know if this is really a super urgent question, but I'd appreciate any advice you guys have. Heart B. Thank you so much, B, for writing. Uh, I love to hear from another fellow professional artist Mm -hmm. hustling out there. Uh, what do you think, Sam? What do I think about this? Uh, to the question of, is this like a crutch that she's leaning on? Mm-hmm. Or I mean, should she wait? I feel like it's probably a little of both, right? Like it is probably really hard to date while you're living with your parents. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because like, you know. There are limitations on what you can do and where you can be at that point. Uh, But it also might be uh, a bit of a crutch too. Like it could be both of those things. Like just because it's hard uh, means that it's probably easier to just be like, well, I don't really want to date because I don't like the people that I dated. (laughs) So I'm going to use this as a reason or sort of out like um, make a mountain out of a molehill, right? Like it's like, oh, this is hard legitimately, but also like, but it's now too hard to be right. dating. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to pull the tough love card out <clears throat> and, mm-hmm. and say, I do think it, I do think that you be, whether 
innocently or not, you know, like, because we all, we're all just trying to survive. We're just trying to take care of ourselves. Um, I think you are using this as a defense mechanism, right? Mm -hmm. Or as a justification to not put yourself out there to potentially be hurt by other people. For sure. Uh, and Sam is right. It is hard to live with your parents. Um, there are stigmas about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I think that it's not too hard to, it, it's not too big of a. Yeah, it's not insurmountable. Like it's right. not such a barrier that you're not going to be able to date. Cause it's, the reality is, is that you can date when you're living with your parents. Yeah. I dated a man who was living with his parents for like a year and a half. Yeah. I, yeah. That's why I wanted to talk about it is because I don't think we ever talked about that and that, like the stigma behind it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I think, B, I want to break down the stigma a little because I think there is something to be said about the stereotype, and I'm using the stereotype, of the person living in their parents' basement who is um, mooching off of all of the people in their lives. Yeah. Failure to launch. Right. (laughs) The movie with Matthew McConaughey and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) That's a lot of cheekbones in a movie. It is, yeah. Um, But what I mean is I have too often seen that uh, living situation used as justification um, to take advantage of the people around them and to not push yourself into growth. Mm-hmm. I also have seen it in so many in so many real life examples as the right smart choice because yeah. capitalism is really difficult, especially when you're in the arts. For sure, my coworker lived with her parents since she graduated from college, yeah. and now has enough money to put a down payment on a house because she like saved so much with that because she didn't have to pay rent. And she right. was like, "My parents live in the neighborhood I want to live in, so like, why not just live with them?" Totally, I. I I think that that is such an important distinction to say that like there's a difference between um, refusing to do the work to to grow, mm-hmm. you know, or like to stay. You're staying in the same place, failure yeah. to launch, essentially, yep. and making the right, smart, economical decision for your life. Yeah, and like getting your career off the ground as an artist is challenging. Yeah, and it's not like you can just go out and like do it immediately. Like mm-hmm. as Sierra and I are discovering with this podcast, mm-hmm. I mean, Sierra knew this for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I blindly dragged <laughs> Sam into a podcast. I was like, listen, being self-employed is great. <laughs> Meanwhile. Uh, but it's also like, it's difficult to get things off the ground. And so like, if you have the privilege and the means to live with your parents, like why wouldn't you take advantage of that as you are trying to pursue your goal? Yeah, and I really think that when it comes to dating, if you have the narrative in your head, if you have a str- if if you have strong language, if you don't feel ashamed of what you're doing, yeah, and yep. you have the language to back it up, the people who date you won't be turned off by this. Yeah, if you say this is why I'm doing this, I'm 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 a business owner, I'm starting this, this is the right economical economical decision for me, and I'm doing this so that I can eventually buy a house or I'm doing this so that I can start this business, right? Like if you speak with confidence and positivity about the choices that you made, the best choices you made for your life, mm-hmm. then people have to accept that. And if they don't, they're not, they're not meant for you. Yeah. Like for example, the guy I dated for a year and a half lived with his parents because he got a DUI and lost his job. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and he was very clear about that and we dated for a while, so... So, yeah, little segue here in tone. Just kidding. Um, no, but Sierra's absolutely right. Like, there's nothing There's nothing shameful about living with your parents. And so, like, you have to operate in the world without that shame, too, right? right? Like, you, you know, well, and you can't be ashamed you of too, it. Right? Like, yeah. that is, DUIs happen. Yep. They are a dangerous, terrible thing, but they happen. People mm-hmm. make mistakes, right? Yep. And I think... I think the stigma around living with your parents is comes from you don't want to be a freeloader or like get that I'm the lazy video game playing basement liver. <laughs> uh-huh, yep. Um, to you don't the regression like if something terrible happens like you lose your job or you get a DUI or something and you lose your living situation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The regression is is has a lot of shame to it. Or you're making the choice because it's the right economical choice for you. Absolutely. You know, and the problem is there's such a there's such, such variance in those experiences. Yep. Um, that's where the stigma comes from, I think. For sure. But it is possible to date 
someone while you are living at, at home. Yeah. And so Sam and I basically gave you like 37 answers <laughs> that are all differing. <laughs> but I say, B, um, why not? Why not put yourself out there? Yeah. Because also being an artist is about networking, right? Mm -hmm. About meeting people, about being out there, about being inspired by the human experience. And I do, while I don't think you are using it to hold yourself back, I do think you are using, you are creating it, you're making it a bigger excuse than it actually is Mm -hmm. to not put yourself out there. And, And why not? You are a wonderful, creative, talented person who has lots of things to gain from dating and uh, you're you're you deserve to go out there and meet somebody. Absolutely. So do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just do it, okay? <laughs> Just do it. Just breaks up. Just break sheep. Just break up's new motto. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah, it's ours. Just it's break a, up. It's not trademarked by anyone else. It's, no, it's never. <laughs> we what came up they, with it. What that. are they called? Nake. <laughs> Naike. Anyway, I'm leaving. Um... <laughs> Uh, B, good luck. Uh, good luck p- putting yourself out there. You have nothing to be ashamed of. In fact, uh, we're both very proud of you. Absolutely. We thank, love you. Thank you for writing. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because, (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our next letter comes to us 
all the way from Australia and is written by Tess N. Hi, guys. First off, I wanted to say I'm obsessed with this podcast. It gets me through a lot of tough days, and I'm hoping y'all get a huge and sponsored to come to Australia because after hearing your live podcast, your live podcast, I'm excited to witness your fun hand gestures in real life. <laughs> <laughs> they really are great. Yeah, especially when I had those fake nails. You know, yeah. lots of like pointing and they were so good. Waving. I know. Yeah. Now I have short queer nails. No, that's good. <laughs> it is good for my intimate life. Anyway, I'm writing to ask your opinion about what the point is that you decide you should keep working on a relationship or when it's just something you need to let go of. I've been with my partner, let's call him Ben, for a year and a half. Ben is sweet, kind, and funny. He makes me feel so safe and loved, and I've never felt so free to be authentically myself with a partner before. He makes me laugh like no one else, and I really like who I am when I'm with him. I'm in my late 20s, and he is 23, and the relationship has been open since the beginning, although he has told me that he is poly, and this is the first time I've tried non-monogamy. Sometimes I struggle with the finite amount of time available to us outside our jobs and hobbies and with the fact that he used to omit who he had plans with because he didn't want to hurt my feelings if it was someone he was potentially romantically interested in. We both have fully disclosed when we've slept with other people over the course of the relationship and he has dated one or two other people while we've been together. So I'm not sure if I give off the vibe that I'm overly sensitive, but I've always tried to be welcoming about hearing about all aspects of his life. We have quite seriously talked about moving in together in the future, and I see myself building a life with him, but recently we went through a rough patch where he expressed a concern that we, we were, quote, becoming each other's worlds too much. He has always struggled with anxiety, and I have just been through a pretty rough depressive spiral, although I have started seeing a therapist again who tells me I have issues with intrinsic self-worth and not being able to ask for slash recognize what I want, but we can come back to that later. Ben has asked for some space in our relationship, even though he wants to be able to support me through my struggle, and I love him and appreciate that, but I am confused. When we were discussing space, he said that he was finding our relationship taxing at times and that we should only see each other once or twice a week, which I agreed to. He also asked if I thought that we would be a forever sort of thing. And when I mentioned I hadn't gone into the relationship expecting that we would be, he said that he was relieved, which completely threw me, especially since he was the one who initiated the conversation about moving in together. And I didn't feel like I could follow with anything else, which made me question any long-term prospects. I know he doesn't believe in marriage, and I've never really thought that that would be on the, in the cards for us, but I did still think we would be together for a significant while. I've been trying to actively pl make plans with other people, exercising and seeing my friends and family instead of going straight to Ben for comfort, and feel like I've been giving him the space he asked for. We no longer call and text every day like we used to, and I don't know if this is just our relationship what our relationship will look like from now on, but I'm worried about the distance growing between us as I never know if I should initiate contact or whether it's overstepping and I'm afraid that this will eventually come off as disinterested. When we are together, it still makes me incredibly happy and he always says how much he loves me and is excited to see, uh, to see me. But at times, I feel like the lack of contact between those times is making me insecure, which does not feel great. I know that I can't control Ben um, and what he is feeling and that I need to trust whatever he says at face value. But am I trying to hold on to something that is just not working out? Should I break it off here and save myself the future heartache? Please let me know what you think. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Tess N, for writing. All the way from Australia, we would love to go there. Absolutely. Other than the U.S., Australia has the, the highest just breakup numbers. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is. It totally is amazing. Um, okay, Tess, my sweet, my darling. Like even more than like Canada? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Anyway, cool. sorry. Tess, um, we love you. Mm -hmm. We do. We hope that in listening to this read back to you, you hear how prevalent your partner is in all of your worries mm -hmm. and how absent your desires are mm -hmm. in this letter. Yeah. 
And I want to start off by saying what we say in a lot of letters, which is, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Yeah. I'm sure he's really friendly. I'm sure he makes you feel loved mm-hmm. and safe. And I'm especially confident that he makes you feel really good after you haven't seen each other for a whole week. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, it feels good to be reunited. Yeah. Of Absence course, it feels makes the heart grow fonder, as they say. People do say that. <laughs> Professionals, I think. Um, but of course it feels good because when you're together, it's like, oh, thank God. The anxiety is temporarily paused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what I read from your letter is that you are making all of these accommodations for a person who, A, doesn't want to spend a lot of time with you. Mm-hmm. B, wants the option to see other people and see you when it's convenient. Mm-hmm. And C, is relieved that you don't want to be with him for a long time, even uh-huh. though that's what you actually want. Right. Um, breakups are hard. <laughs> breakups are difficult. It's true. It is uh, very difficult. And it's also very hard sometimes to be in relationship and know when to break up with people. And I, I even made that initial comment thinking about him. Like, I'm not saying he wants to break up with her. Uh, No, he just wants a relationship entirely on his terms. Yes, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) And he doesn't want to, he'd rather like, you know, barter with her, I don't know, sense of self. Yeah. (laughs) Then actually be like, listen, we're not really aligned. I think I'm going to hurt you down the line or whatever. For sure. And like, you know, that that thing that he said about how like uh, we're, we're becoming too much of each other's worlds and that he feels like taxed. By your relationship. Um, I just want to say to Ben that relationships are taxing. They sure are. (laughs) They are work. They are not just we get together every week and have sex and then I get to go do what I want. Like being part of someone's life and committing to them takes a lot of work. And And you know what takes a lot of work? Sometimes, but it's also very much worth it. Open relationships take work. Yeah. That's the other thing is I think some people, especially. Um, who are newer to open relationships are like, okay, cool. We can, you know, sleep around or these are the new parameters or whatever. Not sort of realizing that it takes maybe even more communication and boundaries and and more trust. For sure. Um, And I just feel like, um, darling Tess, that you are working so, 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 so hard to accommodate his needs. Mm-hmm. But I don't know where you are at all in this relationship because it feels like you're waiting in the sidelines to be tagged in. Oh, for sure. Honestly, Tess, I don't even, to like to be totally frank, I don't even know what advice to give you because I don't, you were not in that letter at all. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what your wants are. Like, what do you want from this relationship? Like, I can infer things like I don't think that you want to be in an open relationship. I think that you see you want a long-term partner and you like want to be with someone who is going to give you a good amount of time and be there to support you in a really meaningful way. But I don't I'm just inferring that from from yeah. the things that you wrote because you were so absent from your own letter. Yeah. Like nothing about that letter was about what you want, what you're asking for, what your goals are in relationships and like I don't say that to to shame you. I don't say that to make you feel bad. But I say that to say, like, are you hearing this? Like, yeah. are you hearing the fact that you are so absent from a letter that you wrote people asking for advice for yourself? Yeah, we're not going to solve Ben's problems. No. We are going to very lovingly and firmly tell you, Tess, that it is okay to want more. It is. It is okay to want more in an open relationship. It is okay to want more in a new relationship, old relationship, mm-hmm. a relationship in transition. It is okay to want, period. Yep. And I feel like we get so... It's hard because to step back for a second, it feels good to be loved, right? And it, it feels good to to be wanted and feel like you're building something, you know? Yeah, like it's, it's hard feels good when someone that you really, really like looks at you and smiles when he sees you and says that he loves you. Oh my God, it feels so good. (laughs) Right? But what I said before, uh, breakups are really hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's that we we would always weigh that joy, that pleasure, I would say. We would weigh the pleasure of adoration, no matter the cost, over the 
extreme discomfort mm-hmm. of the truth, essentially, of breaking up, right? Yep. And and I'm so guilty of that test. How many times have I been in a situation or a relationship in which it's obviously, I knew it needed to end. I mm-hmm. knew I was unhappy, yep. but the small pleasure that I got from the times that it was good or even, fuck, satisfactory, mm-hmm would outweigh me would outweigh the discomfort that I really feared of yeah. like dang if I say what I actually want that means I'm going to be alone <laughs> right that's terrifying no and that's real though but that's and that is such a like a real statement too of like the acknowledging the fact that if I actually look at my relationship and say and compare it to what I actually want out of a relationship I know that this is not working for me that is some shit right there. (laughs) We just touched on something new. I'm like warm. Like I'm flushed. I'm I'm sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fuck, man. Yeah. Like how many times could I say, could I look at a relationship and say that I was in and say, if I had actually acknowledged truthfully and authentically, authentically, there we go. Distracted mid sentence because I was thinking about what I was about to say. Authentically, that's going on the t-shirt. God damn it! Live your life authentically. <laughs> Just bring a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, fuck me! You would n- literally never guess that I was a writer. <laughs> And the t-shirt's going to have, like, a kitten hanging off of, like, a rope, you know? <laughs> like an inspirational poster. Yeah, no, exactly. Okay. Um. Anyway, Tess, what the fuck was I saying? <laughs> if you were at, if I was actually living, um, looking at my relationship, like, honestly and authentic- authentically. Tickly? Yep. Tickly. Like, tickles. <laughs> authentically. Um, then would it... How would it match up to the camera? Yeah, it's like we can't like, recover from this. <laughs> we might need a TO. Like you take over. You start talking. Okay. Uh, just start just start, you know, doing that thing you do where you say smart things. Yeah. I mean, if you are living your life authentically yeah. and like looking at your relationship and actually being like, is this what I want? Then like, and I can think of like, if I look back at all of the stupid relationships oh that I was God. in, like if I had taken the time to like actually do that side by side comparison and be like, this is what I want. This is what I'm getting. Yes. I would be like, oh shit. Like, why am I, why am I putting so much time and effort into this thing? That's only giving me like 10% of what I actually want. Right. Totally. Cause you're not going to get a hundred percent. Right. But like, Tess, I don't think that shoot this- Shoot for 90. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. 87 at least. Tess, I don't think that this relationship qualifies, or like, I don't know this relationship intimately enough to say that it is abusive. You know. But in my, in my experiences, in my abusive relationships, um, the good always was so um, vibrantly good, mm-hmm. right? Because I was having- Every day I would have such low lows or like you would say, really long periods of anxiety Mm -hmm. or paranoia or just fear that I wasn't doing anything right or that I was unwanted. And when they did show me their affection, when they were loving, that was it was like a high. It was like, Mm -hmm. honest to God, like a drug, like, oh, my God. Oh, thank God. She still wants me. Thank God yep. he isn't angry at me. Yep. Um, and I, so I don't think that that's necessarily the situation parallel, but I do, I do want you to take note. I don't want you to, when you're doing the side-by-side of good versus bad or like mm-hmm. what I want versus what I'm getting, I don't want those good days with him to, nece- to have a unreasonable amount of value yeah. versus what they actually are. Is he making you feel good or is he making you feel relieved? Right. And that's, that is such an important thing. And it's like, uh, because like relationships can be so toxic sometimes that like it may make make you feel good, but like the relief is actually the thing that is like yeah. the most. Oh my God, the, I know. Like the best feeling. It's why and here's uh, the thing is that makeup people, sex is so fun. <laughs> yes, no, seriously. Sex after you break up with a toxic person, <laughs> with yeah, that toxic yeah. person. Yeah. Continue. Uh, anyway. Um, but actually people who are not in toxic relationships don't have to feel Mm-mm. like that relief doesn't happen because Mm-mm. they are just always sort of feeling okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> I a mean, weird like now, world but- <laughs> that I live in right now. Um, yeah. So my darling Tess, uh, 
we just want to know what Tess wants. Mm -hmm. And while Tess is figuring out what she wants, we want you to know that you are strong, Mm -hmm. that you are powerful, that you are worthy of receiving the type of love you specifically want and ask for, right? Mm -hmm. It's not about the love that you can fold into the shape of something recognizable of a relationship that you might want. It's about the fact that you deserve right now the relationship that you desire. You are worthy of taking up space. You are Mm -hmm. worthy of asking for what you want. And if this person, Ben, cannot give you what you want, then he is not for you. Mm -hmm. No matter how many, quote, good days you have, he's not enough. And not enough is okay. It is its own unique heartbreak. But sometimes we have to walk away from what is not enough to find the abundance out there. Absolutely. Tess, we love you. Thank you so much for writing. All right. Our third and final letter comes from Hannah with an H at the end. Hannah with an H at the end. (laughs) Who's writing from Northern California. Hi, Sam and Sierra. Discovered your podcast two weeks ago, and it's honestly been life-changing and heart-opening and mind-blowing. Thank you so much for the work you do. And please consider a live show in California. We love you out here. I left a relationship with my ex-girlfriend two months ago, and since then I have been turning Bumble and Hinge into my side hustle and have gone on a lot of fun dates with guys and gals. It's been fun, but I think I've gotten my single energy out of my system and fully processed my last relationship, and I feel ready for a new one. I recently met a guy named Alex, who is two years my junior, which is normally a turnoff for me, but Alex is incredibly mature and emotionally intelligent. We're both students at the same college. We've had a couple of fantastic dates that always leave me feeling giddy and excited and seen afterward. I think we are very intellectually and ideologically compatible, but what is overwhelmingly obvious is that we are physically compatible. Wow. wow. (laughs) Is this going to be a sex letter? Yeah. Great. All of our dates have ended with us hooking up. We crossed that line on the first date and we're so sexually attracted to and forward with each other that I can't imagine it going another way. We've uh, both been really open with each other about our sexual history, and we've both had a lot of casual hookups, fuck buddies, etc. Physical touch is both of our primary love language. And here's my question. How do I steer this away from the purely physical relationship that I think both of us would find safer? I've thought about being clear that I don't just want to hook up, but the truth is, if we don't get into a full-blown relationship, I don't want to shut that door. But maybe I should? Ugh. <laughs> How do I gauge the difference between lust or love? I don't feel safe letting my strong feelings develop without any clear reciprocation on his end. But if it's there, I cannot recognize because of the physical attraction that he shows me could be either. We've been on four dates. Is it too early to bring up this concern? Should we set boundaries, i.e. no fucking on our next date? Are two people with the same love language impossibly incompatible? Thank you. Love you both. Hannah with an H. At the end, thank you so much for this letter. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah. Lust versus love. Lust versus love. Let's talk about it. I think, okay, so this is what I I would say. Mm -hmm. I love this question. Yep. I think it's a very common thought, but I don't think we've talked about it before. Um, I would say that for me, when I think about lust versus love, or like when I'm feeling less feelings that I might be confusing for love, Mm -hmm. I ask myself, A, can I imagine dating them long-term without some serious stress? (laughs) I'm not kidding, because sometimes I lust lust over people that I'm like, oh, God, I could just never, like, marry them or, like, introduce them to my parents Uh or, you know, whatever. Or maybe the lust is based off of like weird kinky stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm like, well, would I really want to have that crazy kinky sex my whole life? Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, oh God, no, exhausting. You know what I mean? Like, but, but I think a younger version of me would be like, oh my God, this is love because it's so intense and weird or whatever. Uh, And this person is just so... Uh, volatilely attractive or or bizarre in my life. I don't know. Yep. I'm thinking about when I was younger and I really needed to think, you know, is this lust or, or is this a real connection? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's a very important question to ask yeah. too. Because like, like having great sex with someone releases a flood of chemicals into your brain oh my God. that like feels like Really intense love. Yeah, let's just say that again, (laughs) is that sometimes when you have a little like, um, you know, 
boner for someone. <laughs> Tiny boner in your heart? Yeah. No, no, no heart boner. I mean like real boner or uh-huh. like a lady boner or a non-binary boner. Yeah, for you sure. Know. Yep. For somebody, th- that makes your feelings like go wild. Yeah. Like I think it, it's like essentially you're like pregnant with a boner. <laughs> Is that what it is? Well, you know what? Pregnant women have like a hard time making decisions mm-hmm. um, because all of the blood is like being re- redirected in their body. It's kind yeah. of, mm-hmm. and, and like when my sister was pregnant, she joked, she's like, it's like having a huge boner all the time. Like I can't think straight. <laughs> um, and that's what lust is. Yeah. <laughs> is that like it redirects all your emotions to make you think that you're feeling something that you're not. Absolutely. Like it's your brain. Like literally releasing pleasure chemicals. Pleasure chemicals. <laughs> and being like, That's hey. our band name. That's fucking, what's his name? Striker? Viper? Viper's band name is. I can't believe you forgot my name already. I know. <laughs> it's pleasure chemical. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, name it me. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're, we're playing Jump into air my guitar. Mustang convertible after yeah. I play my, my bass. Yeah. In, in my band. In my band. Pleasure, pleasure chemical. chemical. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirts. New t-shirts. <laughs> Plenty of just break up merch ideas today. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Hannah with an H at the end. Uh, I'll finish my thing, and then I want to hear from you, Sam. Um, so when I think about the difference between pleasure and, and um, or lust and love, I think about sustainability. How mm-hmm. sustainable is this? Yeah. And I want you to know that I think that your great sexual chemistry with this person is not a bad thing. I think two mirrored love languages is a great thing. It's just about what you guys want. Do Mm -hmm. you want a relationship? Does he want a relationship? Great sex is a great, strong foundation to a relationship sometimes. It is, yeah. What do you think, Sam? Um, I mean, I think that you should ask the questions that you want to ask him. Yeah, totally. (laughs) I I think... Uh, and I think, uh, I will say, like I said, like really good sex does release confusing chemicals into our brain. And so it might be a good idea to not have sex and have this conversation. It might be a good idea to like have a date, uh, that doesn't end in sex to see like where it's like when Hannah B on the bachelorette (laughs) was in the fantasy suite episode with Tyler C. And she was like, Tyler, our relationship is like crazy physical, like, like we just want to touch each other all the time. We're not going to have sex tonight because I want to actually like just talk to you. Yeah. And it worked out and he was also super cool about it and was like, yeah, let's do it. And then she picked Jed. So I don't know what you're talking about, (laughs) even though I did watch the finale with you. Um, But yes, that is a good example. But it was also like, it was great to see him also like, Respect the consent that. Yes. that he gave immediately that was like, absolutely, yeah, I'm not going to have sex. I don't want to have sex with you unless you also want to yeah. have sex, yeah. right? Um, and I think it was like a marker of um, maturity in the relationship totally. that they that I didn't think was actually there. And so I think there's an opportunity for you, Hannah, also, which is crazy. Oh, my God, what if Hannah B wrote this? Uh, <laughs> yes! <laughs> um, but Hannah, it's an opportunity for you to say like, our relationship has been great. I love having sex with you. Like I've intense physical connection. I'm also interested in seeing if there are other types of connections that we might have in this. So let's take a pause on the sex for now and like have a conversation and go to dinner and then like leave afterwards and see how we yeah. feel. And Hannah, I would say, don't be afraid of losing this guy. If you, no. if you guys don't like, if you want a relationship with this person, if you see it going forward so often in our letters and in lives, you know, I see people like, oh, well, I don't want to put myself out there because I don't want to lose what we have right now. And half the time I'm like, girl, look what you have right now. You see him once every three weeks and he texts you back like four out of five times. Like, this is what you're afraid of losing. And then she'll be like, oh, I just, you know, I don't want to push him away. I'm like, well, if you push him away, then that's like the ultimate litmus test. And you know, this person is not for you. Right. So I just want to like empower you a little Hannah. Um, with the H at the end, uh, that if you want a relationship with this person, I think it's sexy and um, exciting to be so interested in someone. Mm -hmm. And I don't want you to act out of fear. I don't want you to be like, oh, I'm afraid I'm going to lose him if I ask for a relationship. You could also just just be transparent and say, hey, Sam gave you a little bit of a script before, Mm -hmm. but I would add on and say, you know what? I think we might have something because we're so physically compatible. I'm interested to see, I'm interested in 
um, maybe going exclusive in a couple months or whatever the language is. But honestly, if, you, if you're not interested in that, I could also totally see us just being friends with benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to put my thoughts out there. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're not like, you're giving them options, you're being transparent, you're, you're honoring yourself, yep. uh, and you're not afraid of your desires, sexual yeah. or other ways. For sure. Um, what do you think about the love languages question? I, well, I, I said before, I don't think that is a hindrance. Mm-hmm. It does like pop out to me because so very, <laughs> so few people have the same love language. It feels yeah. like, right. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's a bad thing. It's, it's where the opposite love languages comes in as a benefit is then you have opposite strengths. True. So then a, a relationship like where one person falls short or the other person can provide or vice versa. Yep. But I don't think it could be a bad thing if you have aligned love no. languages. I mean, my love language is acts of service and so is Peter's. So like, it's great because we do we things do, for each other and yeah. then we know that we love each other. Cute. Like, okay, then great. It makes Success it like sto- easier, Success story. <laughs> right? We don't have to do any translation. Yeah. Um, I also think like, to be honest with you, Hannah, like I also for a long time thought that my love language was physical touch because I was. Oh, yeah. We I talked like, about this on the Patreon. We did. Uh, because I was like so sure that like love, that like sex was how I read people's love for me. Uh, but then I realized that like actually I was using sex as a validation tool for yeah, myself, like an easy too. way to to validate the feelings of self-doubt that I had. Yeah, if you want to hear Sam and I drag each other to hell and back <laughs> on a fucking sl- snow sled, um, we on a toboggan, yeah, uh-huh. we uh, did a series of Patreon episodes on each love language back in April. Um, so you can check that out on our Patreon yeah. if you want to subscribe. But yeah, so we're not saying that you are wrong about that love language, no. but... I think Sam brings up a really good point for self-reflection. Mm-hmm. And I would also say maybe an interesting talking point for this person is find out what their second in-line love language is, mm-hmm. what your second in-line love language is, and yep. see if you can match there. To see, sure. see if you can find some chemistry um, through gift giving or quality time or acts of service yeah. or you know talking about your feelings or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I hope this uh, gives you some good, good direction to yeah. go in. Thank you, Hannah, with an H at the end. We love you very much. All right, that brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is the segment where we set you up with something that we really like. Uh, Our blind date this week is... It's a poetry book. Yay! I am a poet. I'm a poet by profession, and I've done one poet as a blind date. I did a poem, like, last fall. Yep. Uh, But I was thinking about books that were important to me today, and... One of the first books of poetry that I owned that had a huge, huge impression on me is The Dead and the Living by Sharon Olds. I think it's just a phenomenal, it was, it's a phenomenal collection of poetry. But more importantly, when I was first putting together my very first manuscript back when I was 22, Mm -hmm. so six years ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's not it. (laughs) Um, So like 13 years ago, I, uh, somebody said to me, Oh, you're interested in... I'd never done any publishing. I'd never really read poetry either. And and she said, I think you would really feel connected to this um, book, this collection of poetry. And I ended up reading it, and it influenced me so much. Influenced my manuscript. It influenced my writing. Sharon Olds is one of my favorite writers ever. But that book particularly holds a very special place in my heart. And I would say that it's a really great introductory book for younger poets or new poets. So if there's somebody in your life who you want to get a gift for or whatever, uh, don't don't get me wrong. There's some like heavy hitting poems in there. The content might be might be um, a little bit more adult oriented, mm-hmm. but it's very po- it's. It's a new poet-friendly book um, while still being, like, masterfully crafted. Great. So that's The Dead and the Living by Sharon Olds. I love it. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at JustBreakUpPod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find tickets to our next live show in Austin, Texas uh, on November 2nd. You can find the tickets at our website, JustBreakUpPod.com. 
Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us at $5 a month on Patreon, you get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's $5 a month for an additional weekly episode. This literally keeps the lights on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast, and remember... You are allowed to take up space. You are allowed to exist here on this earth in all your messy glory. You are allowed to ask for what you want. You are allowed to want for more. You are allowed to be bold, to move forward, to stay put, to be hesitant, to ask questions, to challenge yourself and others. You are allowed to exist right now as you are. And if all else fails, just break up.